You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, thank you for listening. This is episode 72 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast with me, Charlotte Greenway. It's Friday the 24th of March. To think a week ago at this point in time, most of us would have been watching Galapin Deschamps storm up the Cheltenham Hill to win the Gold Cup. And now, in around 24 hours' time, switching codes, all eyes will be on the action from Maidan as the Dubai Carnival comes to a close at World Cup night. That's what we'll concentrate on in this episode, and we'll hear from connections of some of Europe's best chances. But first, a couple of updates from the bloodstock industry this week. Where in Dubai, the second running of the boutique Goff's Dubai Breeze Up sale took place. 63 two-year-olds were offered, and two of these made over half a million euros, both bought by Stephen Hillen and Dr. Hay. There was also a breeze up sale that took place in the US this week, this time on a much larger scale with over 800 two-year-olds catalogued. And here's Nick to tell you more. Well, as you heard the other day, it's been great to partner up with OBS Sales in Ocala, Florida, off the back of what was a a successful March sale. And as we head into the, the April offering, the traditional April offering, through the prism of some horses who've been shining in Dubai over the weekend, Todd Werger Husky is the Director of Sales from OBS and and joins me now. Uh, Todd, we saw the headlines this side of the Atlantic, Justify, Good Magic, two of the the sale toppers really catching the eye, lots of good pedigrees on show. Did the prices match up to what you were were anticipating? Oh, for sure, Nick. The, you know, one thing is, uh, and I said this earlier in the week, you can't hide a good horse. And, you know, these horses, the, you know, we had five horses bring a million or more uh, with the sales topper bringing two, the, the, those horses not only performed on the racetrack, but when you went back in the barn and looked at them, they were just spectacular looking animals. Uh, and, you know, that, that quality shines through. Tell me how you would like to progress that March sale. When you look at the results now, where are the areas you think that, that have the most scope for progress? Well, I think, you know, w- one of the reasons uh, we opened up March to an open sale probably about five years ago, and it has organically grown in number. Uh, you know, the whole idea of the way our two-year-old sales are situated, you have a March sale. If you have a horse that's precocious and early, ready to go, uh, that's a March horse. If you have a horse that maybe needs a little more time to come around, come to hand, that would be an April horse. And if they need even a little more, you, we have our June sale. So our sales are really set up to, to capitalize on the timing of when those horses are ready. So with that in mind, then, do the buyers of these horses tend to judge them using different criteria? Would a March sale be more clock based, for example, than something later in the year? Um, unfortunately, I mean, obviously, the clock is is a metric that everyone uses. Um, I think sometimes it is overused that, uh, you know, there's still the a lot of unknowns, uh, unme- immeasurables. Uh, as to why a horse is a graded stakes winner or not. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, how they perform, um, how they handle the pressure of the sales. And you never know what mitigating circumstances that may have caused them not to be the fastest horse in the sale. Um, We see it all the time. 
uh, I think, you know, if you look back over the, all of the graded stakes winners sold um, for OBS since 2017, I'm going to say that the average uh, breeze time might have been somewhere between 10 and 1 and 10 and 2. So uh, it's not always the fast breezes, but certainly those guys, uh, th- those fast horses um, uh, draw a lot of attention. Yeah, that's that. That's ten and a fifth, or ten and two fifth seconds uh, yes. per furlong. Uh, just um, looking at the, uh, the the breeze up industry as a as a whole. I mean, how do you assess it globally in terms of its influence on on global bloodstock? Well, I think that that it is uh, it is increasingly becoming a more important segment of the auction industry. Um, you know, we we sell. We probably sell more two-year-olds than anyone else in the world. I, I tell everyone all the time, particularly when we're talking about the Breeze Up show, nobody breezes more horses over as many days uh, in the world as th- than we do. Um, so I, I do think it's uh, it's becoming more and more important. And all you have to do is look to uh, this weekend's Dubai World Cup when we have you know, two April graduates and a March graduate uh, in the Dubai World Cup. And then you also have you know, CZ Rocket, Mahu, I'm not going to say the name right, Mohib, uh, also on the card. Um, those are all graduates of our sale. And I think the success of horses like that um, can, and the success of the horses all over the world, Onesta in France, we had Lighthouse, grade one winner in Australia, uh, you know, Onesta winning the grade one Grand Prix, grade, Grand Prix de Paris. Um, all of the people see that success from these horses uh, and that's what ultimately drives the market when they see horses uh, performing well at the racetrack. I mean, that's the be all end all of it all, right? We want to win a race. So OBS grads in the Dubai world cup this weekend uh, with that in mind, what are you looking for in your April sale this time? You've got the catalog now. Uh, what do you see that you, you really think is going to catch the eye? Well, I think that the one thing, it, it is a large catalog. It is truly a something for everyone's sale. Um, you know, the April sale has certainly grown in stature. Um, if you're looking for uh, a Saturday horse, if you're, you know, whatever your budget allows, that type of horse is available to you. Um, you're going to see uh, the same quality that you saw in March and then some. Well, we look forward to hearing the updates. Uh, Todd, thanks so much for, for talking to me today. Very best of luck with it, and we'll keep a very close eye on the results from um, Dubai over the weekend. Thank you, Nick. Enjoyed visiting with you. Now time to look at tomorrow's racing, which kicks off at 12.05 GMT, but we're going to start with the second race on the card, the Group 2 Dubai Gold Cup, where Enemy lines up for trainer Ian Williams. He's already earned plenty of prize money this winter, having won out in Dubai before finishing second in the Red Sea Turf Handicap in Saudi. It looks a very open renewal of the race, and he's been backed now into 8-1 fourth favourite, but earlier on in the week was available at around the 14-1 to mark, and Nick asked Ian whether he believed that was too big a price. Um, it's, a big, it's a fair price, I think. I mean, I, I think this race is hugely competitive. Um, you know, when you've got the likes of Broom and Trawler Man at uh, 16, 18 to 1, I think it just shows the level of, of competition. The favourite looks strong, um, but interestingly hasn't run over the trip, um, or I don't believe has run over the trip. And um, uh, the second favourite, um, you would imagine, would stay, but hasn't been this far. Um, subjectivist, um, he's a 
he's a big price, but I'm sure he's going to show a lot better than he did in Saudi. Um, so it, it's a competitive race, and um, whilst enemy has its chance, there's a, there's a lot in there with a chance. What you do know is however fast they go, he'll travel round. That's, that's been a feature of his runs for you, how strongly he travels through his races. Are you quite confident that he can really finish off a race at this trip now? Well, it's it's quite interesting um, in Saudi because of the draw and because of the um, he was drawn on the inside and track position is vital there. Um, so uh, we had to go forwards, which is the first time we've ridden him forwards. And when Richard peeled off for his uh, for his run with three to go, um, it really was asking a lot of his stamina. And there's a big competitive field, so there should be a good gallop on. And I think we can ride him with a lot more patience with a view to stay in the trip and finish him strongly. You're his third trainer. We've spoken about this before. It's a great testament to your training skills that he's done what he's done and earned so much money for you. How much pleasure has it given you to, to achieve what you have with him? Um, I think whenever you get the opportunity to run any horse in these international races, particularly here in the Middle East, it's 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 an achievement in itself. So um, you know, it, it's it's great satisfaction, and and Saudi was something that um, was really very very good, as as you earlier said. The prize money was quite amazing, um, and he spent the whole season in the UK doing very well, trying to pick up that much. Um, this is the world stage, so to have horses that compete on the world stage is very fulfilling. George Berry's three-year-old Al Dasim has made quite the name for himself out in Dubai this winter, having won two three-year-old conditions races before beating the older horses in a Group 3 last time. He's quite a hot favourite for the Alquaz sprint over six furlongs tomorrow, ahead of Japanese Raider Sight Success and Charlie Appleby's Al Sahail, who's arguably better over seven furlongs. So Nick caught up with George out in Dubai to see how the horse is doing and how confident he's feeling. Look, obviously he's adapted very well out here in Dubai. and um, I didn't expect him to, to improve as much as he has, but we hope that he'd be very competitive against his own age and... Super Saturday was a good trial for, for tomorrow night. He looks to have really good natural innate, innate speed and, and you can harness that enthusiasm well. Uh, how do you think this race will differ from what he's faced already? I think the, big, the biggest sort of challenge for him was, was stepping up against the older horses, just going that bit faster. And, you know, he, if anything, he was a bit over exuberant before and he is switching off. And I think the faster they go, I thought it for a while. The faster they go, the, the more he'll show that turn of foot. And, you know, he, he relaxed very good and had a nice lead on Super Saturday. And uh, he's, drawn, he's drawn well to, to attack tomorrow and, and hopefully should, you know, give a good account to himself. Most trainers wouldn't even think about running a, a three-year-old in a race like this. How long has it been your mind that this should be the, this should be the target? I think when the... Um, when the list of horses came out for the three-year-old division, it, it did look like he might end up at the top of the you know, top of the pile if he if he transferred his form over to Dubai. But um, you know the program works well for him. Super Saturday into World Cup, if he was very impressive, and, and he was, so we we thought we'd give it a go. It'd be a shame to take him home and um, and not have tried. I want to talk a little bit about his his sire, Harry Angel, because he was a very brilliant horse and a, a very expressive horse him, himself. It sounds as though you've got a bit of a carbon copy. Yeah, he's um, 
he's, he was a pretty fiery horse before and, and just seems to have relaxed so much for, for training out here on the track and um, his rider Brian King's done a super job with him but you know he's he's just got such a good brain I think he makes me very relaxed sort of on race day because he doesn't move and um, yeah, that's, he's, he's certainly going the right way and, and we're obviously a big fan of the stallion two stakes horses from two horses that we've had by him so far so um, we were keen to get our hands on a few of the yearling sales and, and luckily did this year's Shima Classic looks a fascinating contest between the British trained horses and the Japanese. The Japanese won the race last year with Shariar, who's back again, but it's Equinox for them, who's currently the even money favourite. The British-based challenge looks to be spearheaded by Shadwell's Mostadaf, who bolted up in Saudi on Saudi Cup night, and Nick spoke to his jockey Jim Crowley to find out how impressed he was by that wide margin success. I mean, I was um, I was blown away by his performance. Actually, um, he he'd always sort of promised to do good things, um, but like I said, that's hence why we ran him in the Arch Triumph. And but like I said, he he really did um, put him to the sword in Saudi, and uh, he won like the horse we we thought he was. Is it just a ground thing? Do you think? Does it, is he what he because he's a very very fluent moving horse? Does he just does he want that nice fast ground? Yeah, he does. I mean, he, he really, the ground was very quick out in Saudi and he skipped off it. Um, obviously, it was a mile and a quarter that day and he showed a lot of pace. Um, he's stepping up to, back up to a mile and a half. I don't think it's a problem. Um, but, but as I was saying to to Rishi earlier, it's a, it's a very, very strong race, the Shima Classic. Um, it's probably a, the strongest race on the card, in my opinion. There's so much strength and depth in there and uh, he's going to have to you know, improve again from Saudi to to win it. I think uh, it's a belting race. You've got Westover in there, who was so good when he won the Irish Derby last year. Ryan Moore's taking the ride on him this time. You've got the Breeders' Cup Turf winner, Rebels Romance, with six ones by his name, freely available at ten to one. That just about tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Oh, it's serious. And obviously, Equinox, one of the best horses in in, in Japan. Um, last year's winners in there as well. It really is a tough race. Um, but like I said, he goes there in good form. Um, John Gosden's got a great record in the race. Uh, so hopefully he'll run, he'll run a big race on the night. Anyone who hasn't seen Equinox needs to needs to look at two bits of film. The Arima Kinnan in, in Nakayama back on, on Christmas Day. And then the, the piece of footage of him working on the track this week. He looks a, a proper beast, this horse. Have you managed to get a look at him? I've watched his races, um, and like I say, his last race, he was very impressive. Um, he looks an absolute beast of a horse, as you said. Um, he's He's got the strongest form on offer, in my opinion, um, with Pantelassa. And, you know, he's he looks... The Japanese, have, as we've seen in the last few years, have really come to the fore, and obviously he's one of the best they have. So, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. But, um, listen, you know, you never know. And if we get a good draw and a good trip round... Hopefully, a big run. I was quite interested. Actually. You've you've ridden in a lot of these races in in Dubai and Saudi, and and where the Japanese are are trying to 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 really bring their their best and have a, a significant impact. And we've seen how how extraordinary it's been over the last couple of seasons. When they're running three, four, five horses in a race, does it change the complexion of a race? Do the races tend to be more well run? Do you think? No, not really. I mean, if you look at the winner of last year's um, Shima Classic, he sat second. It wasn't a strong pace at all. And 
they won they won a couple of races out in Saudi last year and made the running and went very steady. But for me, the Japanese horses they're just solid. They they turn up. Um, they can pretty much ride them anyway. Their attention to detail is, is second to none. And for me, they've got the best horses in the world at the moment. And and that's you know that's they're coming to the fore now, and everybody's seeing that. The other thing that struck me is they're not sort of frightened to do lots of different things. You know, they'll they'll run good mile and a quarter horses over two miles. They'll run turf horses on dirt. Do you think it's going to make the rest of the world think about being a bit more versatile with with how we campaign horses? For sure. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, you've only got to look at Bathrat Leon, who's travelled all over, and he's gone from a mile up, up in trip, down in trip, Pantalassa. Um, they're, they're showing everybody at the moment. Um, they're very versatile horses. I've never been to Japan. I, I want to go. I'd love to go and see him. But from what I can gather, they, they train them hard. The horses are extremely fit and they're solid. And they, they, they run like it. You mentioned Bathrat Leon. He's going to run in the in the Godolphin Mile again. I, I, I was so obvious, I suppose, in retrospect, that he could do what he, he did in Saudi because... When you look back to last year, he was actually good enough to give you a lead into the final furlong in the in the Sussex Stakes on uh, on um, Baid. Yeah, he, he gave us a nice lead that day, but uh, it just goes to show how good Baid was. You know, he, he skipped past him and made him look fairly ordinary that day. But um, no, like you said, the Japanese, you know, they're lovely people, very respectful, and um, they're having a lot of success, and, and they're, they've worked hard for it. As mentioned by Nick in that interview with Jim, last year's runaway Irish Derby winner Westover is also in the field. He ran well in the arc last time when he finished sixth without probably running to the same level. He'll be ridden for the first time by Ryan Moore and here's his trainer Rafe Beckett with an update on the horse and his preparation. He, he trained very well this morning and uh, we're, we're going there in, in good shape, I think. Draw is a help to us I think it's a short run to that first bend but he's a very deep renew what, what price is last year's winner he's... Shariar's last year's winner and of course Shariar went to Royal Ascot as the, as the great certainty he didn't quite come off but the fact that he could run well there win this last year and be a 12 to 1 shot tells you about all you need to know that's in a nutshell isn't it so you know it's going to be tough for him but uh, we're looking forward to it how long have you had this in 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 mind for for him? Because I I will confess I hadn't realised this was his target till till relatively recently. Really, since just after the arc, uh, a number of reasons for that. First of all, he's also needs to be trained. You know, it's quite, uh, as is obvious, he's an exuberant sort of horse, and uh, holidays are not really uh, made for him. So, Rafe, you you go into the race with what level of confidence in 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 his? fundamental ability to mix it with some of the world's very best i think if he hits the frame we'll be happy and all this action should just help build the tension ahead of the night's showpiece the dubai world cup it's in this race that frankie dettori will be hoping to land his first group one of his farewell tour and last year's winner country grammar trained by bob baffert may well be able to provide that he was completely outpaced in the Saudi Cup early on before storming home to finish second. However, on a different type of dirt surface, he may be able to hold a better position early on. He's a favourite and it would be great to see Frankie land his fifth World Cup 
but he faces a serious challenger in Algiers, who's won two Group 2s this winter on Dubai's dirt by six lengths and six and a half lengths. He's trained by the father and son combination of Simon and Ed Crisford, and Ed spoke to Nick at the beginning of the week about how he's been training since his last win back in early Feb. Yeah, no, he's he's getting on great, thanks, Nick. And um, he his preparation's been very good. We we sort of purposely missed Saudi the Saudi Cup um, to make this a target because it just would be you know three weeks after the maximum challenge round two and then four weeks and it was a lot of racing in a short space of time especially on dirt so we opted out on Saudi and he's fresh and well and he's in good order uh, he's a horse who seems to have completely upped his game since since switched back to the to the dirt in fact I was looking through his profile and I'm thinking is it changing surfaces was it the gelding operation I, I mean what what do you think has, has been the secret to his rapid ascent well, I think the the two things you've mentioned there, I think the change of surface to dirt has been a um, pretty much probably the main reason. He, he really acts on that maidan um, dirt, and a lot of horses don't. Shamadal has a very good record on that dirt, um, which is his sire. And um, so, yeah, so that's one thing. And gelding him um, last summer has been another um, factor and he's really lightened up and he's cleaner in his um, wind and I think those two factors have have been really he's wise improved another 10 pounds from what he was running to in England so so the gelding has effectively just made it easier for you to train him has it it's just made it made it easier to get him fit and hard and 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 as you say clean through his wind exactly I mean he's about 30 kg lighter than what he was running when he was a colt, um, and it's it's amazing. He's just he's a, he's a lot more athletic, and you know with that running on the dirt, I think you know he's he's improved another ten twelve pounds, and it's and it's been a it's been a game changer for him. It will be a more exacting test for him on Saturday. The Japanese uh, phalanx will make will make sure of that for for sure. Are you are you confident that he's a horse who can handle a very well run ten furlongs as, as effectively as he has been nine and a half when he's used all his tactical speed? Yeah, I think he's 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 he, he's um, the thing about this horse he can quicken off a off a quick pace. I'm sure of it, and I think ten furlongs at Maidan will suit him down to the ground. He has won over a, um, a mile and a half back in France when he was with Andre Fard, so we know he stays. Um, we weren't quite sure what his best trip would be on dirt, um, but he's. He, we thought it could be a mile, to be honest, at the, at the beginning of the carnival. Um, but when he won over 1900 like he did, we sort of thought, well, he's obviously a World Cup live contender now. And I don't think there's a problem in, in the way, you know, the pace of the race and him finishing off a fast pace like that. But it is going to play a huge factor in the race, um, the pace. And I suppose the draw will play a big part to that. And the man who will be tasked with steering Algiers to victory in the Dubai World Cup is James Doyle. And he offered his opinion on the horse's rapid improvement in a fairly short space of time before discussing his ride on Master of the Seas in the Dubai turf. He had a solid enough campaign back home with, um, you know, with the few races he ran in. Uh, but I think the gelding operation and, and the switch to, to dirt at Maidan has really seen him thrive. I mean, he's he's been pretty dominant against um, the best horses we have on dirt here in the UAE. Obviously, uh, Saturday night's going to be a 
different contest to to anything like he's he's taken on uh, in the past. I mean, you've ridden so many such high class horses all across the globe. You know, you're perfectly placed to tell me is this a real one? Is he a is he a genuine group one proper talent? Do you think? Well, I think before I'd have been hard stretched to say that before. Um, well, as anyone would be before his his two runs this season. But I mean, it's hard to knock what he's done. He's been exceptional on the dirt at Maidan. He, he travels strong. Uh, he shows a good kick um, off, off a fast pace, which he, he's got all the right attributes to, to suggest he is. And his rating of 120 suggests that as well. So I think it'd be foolish to, to say anything otherwise, really. I, I wondered if this represented a nice bit of symmetry for you, because the last year's been fantastic with the wins in the two guineas, 2000, 1000, victory in the Breeders' Cup turf on Rebels Romance. I'll talk about him in a minute. Um, but kind of when your career really went into into a into another stratosphere was when you won on this card on on Cityscape all those all those years ago. You you must reflect on on this day and what it's meant to you with with great fondness. Incredible. I mean, uh, the UAE and Dubai has been so integral in in kind of helping push my career and highlight my attributes and just help my career in a huge way. I mean, obviously. I had the winter out here with Jebel Ali Stables back in 2011 and off the back of that and obviously Steve drowned on unfortunate circumstances at the time saw me get the ride on Cityscape and we haven't looked back since I mean that that was an, an incredible night and one that I'll you know always um, hold close to my heart I mean it was it was I could never have dreamed of winning a race on, on World Cup night and to do it the way Cityscape did it, it was just exceptional i mean it's actually nice um in the hotel i'm staying at they, they play old runnings of of the world cup meetings and um it, it was quite nice to watch um the cityscape one back um yesterday so it's something i reflect on with uh, great fondness yeah i can i can quite imagine you could win that very race again on on master of the seas now I've always been rather admiring of this horse and a bit rude about him at the same time. I just feel that if, if it all clicked together, he definitely has got the ability to win a big one. Do you agree? Absolutely. He's got he's got a huge engine, um, as we've seen in the past. I mean, his run his run in the 2000 Guineas was exceptional. Uh, it, so he, he's proven he can, he can, you know, dance at that top level. Uh, he, he obviously won nicely his, his first race out here and then, Race in the Jebel Hatter. It was a real mess. Um, there was a bit of scrimmaging early on, which saw him get shuffled back, uh, which wouldn't have helped his chances by any means. But what I really liked was the way he he hit the line running, and he he looks pretty unlucky. He's got a slightly trappy draw in ten, so we will need a bit bit of luck early to to get that kind of ideal spot on him. But he's he's certainly got the ability to do it. If everything, you're quite right. If everything clicks into place he, he, he could be very dangerous in, in the Dubai turf and, and so often this season in Dubai we've seen it and we saw it at the Breeders Cup these Godolphin horses are so closely matched that really if you're if you're being asked to ride one or Williams choosing another one you could easily end up on the best one yeah exactly I mean as we've seen right the way through the carnival and back to the to the Breeders Cup there's just there's, there's nothing in them at all is there and I'm probably glad in a way that William it, it's William's call which one he rides and I'm kind of thankful 
for whichever one I get, really. But I'm almost glad in a way that it's William who has to make that decision because there's there's honestly nothing in between them. Obviously, um, Nation, Nation's Pride's been stuck out in 16. I think that's quite an unfortunate draw for him. But as we know, he's super talented as well. So, yeah, there was it was a difficult decision for Will. Hopefully that's answered a few of your questions ahead of World Cup night. All races will be shown on Racing TV, whilst the final three races, the Dubai Turf, the Shima Classic and the World Cup, will also be on ITV4. I hope you enjoy the action from Maidan, and the podcast will be back on Monday, where we'll be reviewing the action, as well as bringing you the latest news from around the world of horse racing. Thank you once again for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.